Welcome to Employee of the Month. Here's your host, Katie Lazarus. Welcome to Employee of the Month. I'm your host, Katie Lazarus. And if it's your first time tuning in, Employee of the Month is all about work. It's where we spend a gargantuan amount of time and energy in our lives. And I wanted to hear from people who mainly love what they do and we love them for it or like them for it or fascinated by it. And um, I can't think of a better person for the show than Anthony Bregman. He is a producer of some of the finest indie films from Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind. Foxcatcher is coming up now, but he's done so many films like Synecdoche, New York, and all of Nicole Holofcener films, tons of Charlie Kaufman films. And he's sort of the last of a generation of independent filmmakers in New York. And I was so intrigued to learn about the financing of everything and just found him an incredibly informative and thoughtful guest. So I hope you enjoy our interview. It was taped live at Joe's Pub. If you can come to the next show, please do. The live taping will be December 5th. And either way, without further ado, here is Sir Anthony Bregman. You just got off a plane from Ireland, so thank you yes. for coming here before going home. If I pass out, <laughs> you'll know why. Because you were drinking too much there. <laughs> um, you were shooting a film there. So Kim Kardashian is a um, producer. Sarah Palin is a producer. <laughs> What exactly are the criterion to be a film producer? <laughs> we, we can only aspire to those heights. You know, I, I mean, the, th the, the crazy thing about being a producer is that it's actually the title producer is a negotiated thing. If you kind of sit on, on a book or on rights, or in the case of Kim Kardashian and Sarah, and Sarah Palin, you sit on the right to use yourself, you could say, oh, and part of my deal is I'm a producer. That's why sometimes on, on movies you see these like lists of producers just, you know, like produced by and there's nine names. And sometimes they think there's a movie recently that had 27 producers on it. So a, a producer could be anything. So what <laughs> do you do all day? It's the most devalued <laughs> thing in the film business because you could buy your way into it. You can threaten people for it. You can say, I'm going to sue you unless I'm, I'm listed as a producer. It, it's, it doesn't mean anything. So, so what do you do all day? <laughs> well, I produce. That's a different thing. <laughs> I actually, because somewhere in those lists of producers is, are, is sometimes one or more, more, one, two, maybe three people who are actually doing the work of producing a movie, and those are the producers. Those are the producers who we like to think of as producers, and those are the people who find a project, find a story or a script or an article or a book to adapt and get the rights to it, hire a writer, hire a director on it, develop the script sometimes for five years with like multiple writers and multiple drafts and pull it together, finally get it in the right shape, work with the director to get cast and board, find the money to make it, um, create all the deals for, the, for all the actors and for the money and with the banks and with the bond companies and then pull together, pull together the package for it. I'm sorry, what are bond companies? <laughs> oh, <laughs> bond companies are basically companies that ensure that you don't go over budget. And that okay. if you do go over budget, they could fire you and everybody else. Um, I got to get a budget first, but then I'm going to find out about bond companies. Yeah. These are great. <laughs> so, um, uh. And then that's, so that's the part of, of producing the movie, which is different from sometimes was credited as producers. 
And I, you had a um, your first day, I think, on the job somewhere. You you had a story about what it was like to produce where you were um, cleaning up. Oh, oh. Um, well, the first, yeah, the, it was the first day of the first film that I produced, which was a, um, it was a, uh, a monster movie, uh, kind of skate punk monster sex movie called Love God. I mean, a dime it, a dozen. It, it, <laughs> it's 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 truly a great film, but an absolutely insane movie um, that. Uh, um, that that it's it's too too difficult to describe exactly what it was, but I suggest everybody go and Netflix it. Um, and uh, but what's, basically, what's it called? First... So we know to Netflix it. Oh, sorry. What is it called? So we know. Lo- to... Oh, Love God. Love God. It's called apologies. Love God. Um, and uh, on the very first day, and I had worked, you know, I had been working up to the point of producing for a long time, and uh, it was the first day of producing on the movie, and of course you get up at four or five in the morning, and then and then at the end of that day. Um, which was, you know, it was whatever. It was a really low-budget movie, so it was a 17- or 18-hour day. I, after, after being up for all this time, I went to the production office that, that, um, to kind of just do some paperwork or something, and, um, and, that, and the budget was so low that our production office was a... Um, was a, it was on 25th Street between 10th and 11th before it was a fashionable area. It was basically the, the tranny hooker neighborhood, and and it was an illegal garage that was um, that that had that we were just using as a production office that had an illegal bathroom in it um, that wasn't wasn't code or anything, and uh, and and it had started raining that night, um, and uh, um, and what happened was. Because of, because this was an illegal toilet, all all of the uh, it, it started flooding, and the toilet all the shit started coming out of the toilet and just like piling into our production office floor. And basically, everybody who was equally exhausted saw like all these turds coming out of the produ- coming th- into the production office, and they're like, "All right, we're out of here." And it was basically me um, who basically ended up just spending the night. Uh, brooming shit out the front door of the produ- and that's that's producing. That's what that you want to know what's producing. That's producing. I thought that was a great way to, to describe what you really do. And I, now that you are a very successful producer, I just got you some poop bags just in case you ever run into this again. Um, I did want to ask because you do so many wonderful art house films, and actually we can actually show just the covers of a, a bunch of them. Um, how do you calculate the price of art? And I mean that genuinely. Like, how do you figure out... I know. These are just some. Some of the many films that Anthony what? has worked on. How do you... When you... You know, I mean that quite seriously. Like, when you're setting out to say, like... Because you're, you're creating films that have real stories versus a franchise based on a brand. Yeah. How do you sort of say, okay, this is going to be... This is going to make this much, we hope, and I think we can budget this much for it. You know, it's it's it's. Um, I mean, some of these movies were really priced very sensibly, and some of them were not. The you know you know the 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 danger, the, like the reality is, is that you make a movie for what you can get for the movie, 
That's, that's really what it is. And the, and the way that you, and the market kind of determines what a movie is worth. And usually it's determined by, you know, is it a story that, that has some sort of intrinsic sales value? Does it have movie stars that have some intrinsic value? Does the director have some intrinsic value? And the intrinsic value is that if the movie ends up totally failing, is it still worth something because someone will see it on like the you know on the on a video and they'll say oh i like that actor or i saw that guy's last movie and i'll rent that movie again and and that has that that that, that is called financing for failure and that's how movies get 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 financed basically is is if everything goes wrong is it still has some value just because of the elements that you put together? A horror film doesn't need to have big actors in it because people go to people, you know, rent horror films and they go to horror films even if they're even if they're bad because it has that following for it. Because I remember, like with the Savages, which starred the late Philip Seymour Hoffman and Laura Linney, um, I loved. There was this whole they were brother and sister and. Um, she lies about having a, uh, a um, genius, MacArthur Genius Grant, and he calls her, he's her, he's her brother, and he calls her, and he calls the um, MacArthur, yeah. found, <laughs> MacArthur Something Foundation. Something only a brother could do. <laughs> and, like, outs her and finds out that she really just had a FEMA grant. Yeah. And, like, I thought that was hilarious <laughs> that she would lie about having a genius grant and that her brother would out her and that she um, really just had a FEMA grant after 9-11. And... Um, but I was like, does everyone find that as hysterical? As does everyone have like uh, Sisyphus, you know, inadequacy complexes with their siblings about education, or is it just me as your demo? <laughs> everyone. Everyone. You did very well. The movie did very well. Uh, no, the movie did very well. I mean, it's a, it's a weird, you know, it, you know. On one hand, you could say like when you're putting that movie together, you could say, oh, well, here's a movie about these two, like, you know. 40-something siblings who really haven't done anything with their life, and then their father gets really sick, and they have to take him in until he dies, and then the movie's over. So you can say, well, that's, that's, you know, that feels like a really, really unappealing movie. Or you could say it's, you know, remember Phil Hoffman who won the Academy Award for Capote? Remember Laura Linney who we love so much in so many movies? Tamara Jenkins who did this, you know, the slums of Beverly Hills. And this is a really great family dysfunctional comedy like Little Miss Sunshine. And then, then you, and you kind of like package it like that. You try to find, try to try to find the way to make it feel the most appealing. You know, I, I, you can look at a lot like what's Synecdoche, New York, which is one of the movies I'm the most proud about, is basically a a, a drama with Tom Noonan. <laughs> exactly, it's like a drama about illness and death. Yeah, it was you know, really depressing. That's what it. That's what it's about. With like a, a house that burns for no perceivable perce reason. Um, but on the other hand, it's, you know, the, the next movie by the guy who did Eternal Sunshine of the Spotless Mind, you know, so there, there's the audience right there. And when you go to investors outside of Hollywood, do you say you want to invest in this because it's art or do you sell it to them because this is a f smart financial maneuver? Um, I think they're, 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 they're connected. I think that there is... For, for this type of movie, I'm not making like Iron Man, you know, I'm making these movies that when they're really good art, they actually make money because there's an because you believe that there's an audience for that. You believe that an audience will go see a really well-made art film. Um, and so really what you're asking them to bet on is the financial return 
on a successfully executed movie. So what I wanted to just show um, is the behind the scenes making of Enough Said, which was the last film James Gandolfini did and Julia Louise Dreyfus um, really got to shine in this as a really dramatic actress um, and then show like what the end result was. So we're just gonna watch those. Um, this is the, the first part, which is behind the scenes. But my, my personal hygiene. <laughs> Really hard. That's all right. <laughs> no, but my, my personal hygiene is, is top shelf, I swear. I assure you. All right. Thank you. I like your hands. They're very they're very uh manly. Thank you. I'm very manly. Yes. That's nice. It's, uh -huh. good, it's good to be manly if you're a man. <laughs> <laughs> The classic of American cinema. I would put though the last line. I like. I don't think any of those lines made it into the movie. <laughs> I thought that was so fascinating. How much is improvised and how much is? There, you know, it depends on what the scene is. I think there's a lot of improvising. There's I'm a lot of improvising some... in in that movie, but a lot of it didn't. But the movie, the the final movie. Why am I like sweating like crazy? <laughs> I just didn't want you to be going through menopause. <laughs> and he died on stage of dehydration. It's the craziest thing. Um, you were talking about that the final. Oh yeah, so I think yeah, I think that Nicole, like with Nicole's movies, the, there's a lot of imp improvising on on uh, on set, and then uh, most of it's just used to get people into the right space so that it feels natural, and then they at some point deliver the right lines and that's what gets cut into the movie. The usual, the movies that she does, most of them are, you know, uh, um, pretty, pretty, uh, are pretty close to what the original script is. You know, whereas there are other movies where, you know, the, this movie that I just did in, in, in Ireland um, was basically... Single uh, Street. Uh, or no, no, Sing, Sing Street. Sing it's Street, by, it's John Carney directed it, who did... Um, Begin again and once and uh, and basically most of the you, you could cut like forty movies out of the out of what we had because basically all he was doing was you know deciding while a line was being said that that wasn't the right line and so he would just yell out a new line and the actor would be like oh and then give the new line and then he'd say that's working yell out a new line and then he'd give until he found the right line and it would be and and what we're doing now in terms of cutting it together is just finding the, the best of the ten different options on each line and then cutting that into the movie. Amazing. Okay. Um, <laughs> I, so right now you're working on three films. You have a Sing Street, which is, sounds like it's Glee meets The Commitments. Is that a good... Isn't that how you guys pitch it in, in Hollywood? Um, and then American Ultra, you're in Post and Whole Truth. Mm -hmm. how, how many movies can you reasonably juggle at a time? You know, I'd say you, you're, you're juggling different, different movies at different stages. I shot each one of those movies like really one after the other, and then now they're all three of them are in post-production, but, but, but you know, I have several movies that are in development that I'm working on at the same time. I have a, uh, a movie coming out in two weeks here called Foxcatcher, and there's a movie that came out over the summer called Begin Again. So there's different movies at different stages that you know just keep keep going. So the the so you know I would say you work on like ten movies at a time. 
I'm worried that this interview is going to turn into broadcast news where like he finally gets to be on stage. <laughs> and then he just can't stop sweating on stage. What did he say? Like, um, like, like there are people calling in the radio into this TV station because they're concerned about his health. <laughs> It's hot up here. It was nice and cool down there. It is. It's very hot it's up here. Really it's really hot, hot up here. here. Yeah. Like, How are you guys getting rid of this? I'm like sitting like nobody's business. <laughs> we, we've acclimated, that's all. <laughs> that is true. This, I want to sit where they're sitting. I know, but also the good news is this is why you're like, I know why I'm a producer now and not a performer because you just sit under these lights the whole time. It is like, so he's, hot. He's got money on the line with this um, interview. We don't. <laughs> I'm going to take um, off my shirt. <laughs> Ooh, that's getting good. Um, so I did want to also ask... You, you've had such... I, I'm so personally grateful for you doing all of these wonderful Nicole Holofsener films, and it, it's transformed my life as, a, as an audience member and as a female in the arts just because she does these really smart female comedies, and you also work with Charlie Kaufman. My real question to you out of all of that statement is do they have sort of a, an, uh, you know, a secret... Um, I don't want to say secret, but unofficial uh, first look deal with you because you work with uh, them again and again. No, no, I don't have any of that. I mean, we work with them. We work. I, I work with them again and again because the last one was a good one, and the you know, and it and it and it works out well to work with them. I mean, it's it's a it's you you know you have directors you know who work with with uh, you know cinematographers over and over, and they don't have really first looks. It's just that the arrangement works out. And um, if other people wanted to send you scripts, how would they do that? How would they get those to you? <laughs> we'll have to go to any equipment. Okay. <laughs> um, well, I was so grateful that you came out because you're doing all of these things, but I, your assistant kept writing me to let me know that I needed to get the films back to you that you guys had generously borrowed. And I, I got them all in a box, but I did want to point out that two of the films you gave me are actually um, rental copies from video stores. <laughs> So I'm happy to return them all, but I wanted to let you know that you guys owe the Columbus Metropolitan Library uh, for their copy of The Savages. I don't know how much money you guys owe them, but their phone That's number... That's how we keep the budget slow. Is, we yeah. steal them. Your assistant emailed me like four times, like, make sure you bring the movies, make sure you bring the movies. And then I like looked at the movies and I was like, wait a minute, these movies are swiped from a library in Columbus, Ohio that can't even afford a phone number. It just has the address. <laughs> and then this copy of Please Give is from a Potomac Video Center in MacArthur Boulevard in D.C., which was actually my... Thank you. This is where we rented movies as a kid, and they shut down, uh, which means that you owe them interest, essentially. They probably shut down because people didn't well, return the movies. We figure that, that if, you wait, if, if you don't return a movie long enough, inevitably the store will go out of business as, as they all have. <laughs> well, I, I was so... So glad to have you here, and I, I, I'm going to give these to you so that you can return them, because um, I know that's what your assistant was Along calling. With Along with the these doggy feedback. poo. And um, I also got you a, a coffee mug and, and coffee because you have been running nonstop, and I was so happy that you came all the way from Ireland here to do the show. We've never had a guest all the way from Ireland, so I was really, really thrilled. Um, Anthony Bregman, thank you so much thank for being you. here. And please, that's it for this episode of Employee of the Month. Thank you all for listening. Wasn't that fascinating? The sweating part is from Broadcast News. You must check out <laughs> Broadcast News. Because he finally gets on air and then he can't stop sweating. It's a very funny scene and that movie does hold up, which is such a good feeling because sometimes you go back and you're like, why? Why was I obsessed with that movie when I was young? What is wrong with me? 
please come to the live taping December 5th. And either way, I will speak to you next Wednesday. Until then, let's go. Let's go. I don't know where. Let's go to the movies. That's my, I had an ex whose dad would always say, if not, we'll go to the movies. So hopefully you will get a lot of work done, have a wonderful sex life, and go out and do a lot of community service, preferably with people who have been suffering from Ebola. And if not, we'll go to the movies. See you next Wednesday or December 5th or at a movie theater near you.